involved in called Saving Moses Cambodia. So we have a lot to tell you what God is doing in Cambodia this morning. So thank you all for coming. It's been oh, such a blessing to share with you this morning and God's word and what he's doing in Cambodia and of course with missionaries all over the world. You know, we're all doing God's work. And this is your wee mission field here. Do you agree with me? Yeah, this is your wee mission field. You don't have to go abroad. God can call you to your street, to your workplace, just wherever you are, and you can minister for God there. So we're all missionaries in our own wee way. Do you agree with that? Yes. God called John and I to Cambodia 10 years ago. And to be truthful with you, <laughs> we were going for two years. We said we're going to give God two years of our life. And that was, we're nearly 11 years out there now, to be honest with you. So that wasn't God's plan. And God's plans are not our plans. Do you agree with me? Yes, I like a wee bit of feedback. So John and I went out to Cambodia. A family of two. Come up, John. We went out a family of two. <laughs> right. And when we arrived in Cambodia, we became a family of four, of three, sorry, come, Jant, or Gumley. Come on, Gumley up, Gumley first. But became a family. <laughs> and then a few years, years later on, we became a family of four. <laughs> now, John and I never expected this, because we had no children. But God's plan's not our plan. And this morning, no matter what situation you're in, God has it under control. Yes. So keep trusting in him. I never thought I would be a mommy. I'd be honest with you. I was a mommy to lots of other children, but not a mommy to a little girl of my own. And I've got two of them. So what do you think of that? Yeah. So again this morning, we're going to have some great things to share with you what God's doing. Now, please take away from John and Anne and from Jante and Gumley because we're just ordinary people. I like to say that to you. We're just ordinary people. And God called us. And God calls each of us to do different things. This is your mission field. God has called you here where you are. It's all in his wee plan. And where do you see what God's going to do in this church? Such a blessing. The Holy Spirit is here. Isn't that right? Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit when you come in here and the love and friendliness of all you lovely people. God's awesome, eh? With an awesome God. But you know, this morning I just want you to see the faithfulness of God in all that we're doing. So we're just ordinary people that God has called. Yes, you can say, well, you had a choice. We did have a choice, but we chose to follow Jesus. We all have a choice, yes? So this morning, let's go ahead, John, and let's get started on what God is doing in Cambodia. It's exciting. Yeah. They're panicking in case I ask them to say something, you know. <laughs> Do you know the way um, when your son says to you, Daddy, I'm going to be an astronaut, and you as a daddy goes, okay, son, you know, you don't shatter his dreams. When we went out to Cambodia, we said to the Lord, Lord, we're going out for two years. And I believe God went, okay, son, you know, <laughs> he had other plans. And we have just, we've just been floating along in God's plans for the past 10 years. We wee bit of history about us. And can I say, first of all, before I go any further, 
to the church leadership. Thank you for allowing us to come along and sharing uh, what God's doing with us in, in Cambodia. Uh, but a bit of history, uh, I was a school teacher and was in business at the peaks of our careers, if you like, uh, the big money time in our careers. And um, God called us to go overseas. And I, the only thing I prayed to the Lord was, Lord, nowhere cold. <laughs> and we ended up in Cambodia. So he's such a faithful God. Maybe it's cold here. That's another story. And the girls would agree with that. So um, we went out to Cambodia with the Elam for five good years. And at the end of the five years, and we were still no plans of coming home, we, um, we sensed God leading us in a direction. And we shared it with them, and they wouldn't come with us. And so we had little choice but to resign and move, become independent, non-denominational um, missionaries. Um, uh, we, you know, as the plumber said to his wife, when they're getting a divorce, it's overflow. So, <laughs> so we said, we're going on. It was a bit scary, but then, God, we weren't servicing a, a sort of serving a denomination anymore. And Jesus, we were just serving Jesus. And, you know, I have to say, we've never looked back. So God has been good. He's blessed us, blessed us in many ways. We could have stayed in Northern Ireland. We're just ordinary people, as Anne said. But we, we felt the call of God in our lives. And, of course, you have a choice. You can say no. Isn't that right? God always gives you a choice. And we just had to go. We went, and we have been blessed beyond measure over the past 10 years. So we run an organization. I'm looking at the corner here. Who's running the slideshow for me? Could I, right. Have I got a name? Chris. Good man, Chris. <laughs> Everything depends on you, Chris. So um, we're called... Could I have maybe that light out there just to help us with the... Can that light come out? No? Yes, no? Um, so we run an organization called Feed My Lambs Cambodia. Now, remember the Cambodia bit. There are other organizations called Feed My Lambs, but we are Feed My Lambs Cambodia, and we are a registered charity, and we're delighted that one of our trustees of our charity, Elizabeth Douglas, has come along this morning to hear us. And uh, it's a team of... Elizabeth's going to have a few words. No, she's not. <laughs> so that's just us. That's all we are. We're just two ordinary people, and we have two girls along with us now. And we're called Feed My Lambs Cambodia. Um, in Cambodia, the proportion of Christians to Buddhists would be 5% Christians and 95% Buddhists. But they're, they're tolerant of us. They don't, there's no great barriers. Uh, there's one or two things that have happened in the past, but nothing terrible. And we, we just keep our heads down and work away for God. And, you know, God's totally blessing. So maybe, Chris, next slide, please. So we run four strands to our, uh, our charity, our mission. And it is, uh, there's a daycare center called Little Lambs. There's Saving Moses Nightcare Centre, which is Anne's baby. She'll talk about that. We have a village feeding programme, which we do. And also we have a community English classes. If you can speak English in Cambodia, doors open in terms of jobs and all sorts of things. And so being a teacher, I, I, I'm not, like, I can't really speak English very well, but the, <laughs> it's better than theirs. So I get away with it. So I teach English uh, on, on nights. And um, so that's what we do. So next one, Chris. Feed my lambs, first of all. There's a bunch of babies. Oh, oh, come back, Chris. Come back. You're scaring me. Right. So that's a bunch of babies. Now, tell you what Feed My Lambs is all about, or the daycare center. It's called Little Lambs. The daycare center is set up for special babies. Now, um, how do you put this delicately? Uh, well, 
and the, the, there's, a, there's a big industry in, in Cambodia, it's a sex industry, and there's a lot of girls, it's, and it's a very male-dominated society, and it's common for men to have girlfriends and all that stuff. Women really get a bad lot. And, of course, there are crisis pregnancies in Cambodia. Now, because of the culture, whenever a girl finds herself in that situation, the family literally put them out on the street. Now, there are no social services. There's no dole. There's no medical, no government, anything. It's terrible. And it's corrupt, so corrupt. So the girls go out on the streets, literally put out, and they've nowhere to sleep. They, they need to find a room of their own. They need to get a job, and they need to work. That presents problems for their condition because if they're expecting, how are they going to work? How are they going to earn money to have a room? How are they going to look after a baby? It's impossible. So the vast majority of them resort to backstreet terminations. I'll put it politely as I can. Uh, backstreet terminations. Now, we, have, we network with quite a few missionary organizations, and we have opened our daycare center so that girls that find themselves in that crisis situation have an option. And the option is they come along to us and we say to them literally, now what do you want to do? You can have a backstreet termination or you can come to our daycare center with your baby and we will look after your baby if you want for five years. Um, uh, half seven in the morning to half five at night, five days a week. And they all say, yes, we want our babies. So we offer them these free places. We have a maximum of 20 at the moment, and we're at capacity. Over the years, you see later, we reckon we've, God has blessed us and we've saved the lives of about, a, about 100 babies over the, 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 our five years. And we run this, and Gumley's actually one of our managers. She's our, our Kamai manager. And they're just photographs of some of the babies that come through our doors. We have a staff of like six staff, uh, we pay the rent and we pay electricity, we buy the food and so on. And we run the daycare center all for these special babies. And that's what it's all about. And it's all because of poverty. It's because the country is steeped in corruption and people are so poor that they, there are no social services. Plenty of Rolls Royce cars running about the place, but no national health doctors, no social services. Next slide, please, Chris. So this is inside our daycare center. Next one, Chris. We'll just roll on. That's it. And these are just babies that come in, and we, uh, we look after them, we feed them, we wash them, we play with them, and um, we just, and I actually will have a good education program for them. Keep going, Chris. And that's outside in our daycare center. It's the babies there. Keep going. Okay, next one, Chris. Just roll it. And these are our babies. And... Uh, Yeah, keep going, Chris. These are some of our mummies. And as I say, some information, 20 babies and toddlers is our maximum at the moment. And those are just women who would be, the option is like, is, is terrible. And there they have their babies and we look after them good. Next one. Yeah, we've had about 100 babies we reckon through. And the, the mothers, many of the mothers become Christians. And it's not because we preach at them. We would if they wanted us to, but we don't have to because they just sense, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. They sense the love and the goodness and the kindness of Jesus, and no one cares. I mean, there are no Buddhist daycare centers. You know what I mean? There's no government daycare centers. 
we have a free daycare center, and it's run, most of our staff are Christians, and we, are, we just love the children, and we love the mummies. Um, and the, many of them become Christians simply because of the love that they're shown. In many ways, Cambodia can be a very loveless, you know, society um, where money's everything. And that's because nobody has money and everybody's trying to grab money and get money and steal money and extort money. And it's all about money. It's poverty is the reason why the backstreet things happen, if you understand what I mean, because girls have no choices. Next one, please, Chris. Now, the nightcare center, I'll just do the first wee bit on if you don't mind a bit. Go ahead, Chris. Now, the SEX industry is burgeoning in Cambodia. I mean, there's places and you go along and it's just streets full of brothels everywhere. And that's because girls, again, through no education and no opportunity and no significant support from the government at all, they have to resort to some way of getting money and they turn to this industry. Next one, Chris. Now, it's not a very good setup here, but just down in the bottom left-hand corner, you can see a chair. Yes, can you see that? It's a black sort of dark outline. Next one, Chris. And if you look again closely, go ahead, Chris. And again, Chris. That's a baby. Now, I'm going to give this to you in a minute. The, our night curse centers, which is set up on, under the name of Saving Moses, is for babies like that. Her mommy, or its mommy, is in there working, and the child is sitting outside the brothel. Now, in many instances, and I'll tell you just now, that the children are locked up in a shack where they live at night, and their mummy goes out all night. They're left to wander. Sometimes they're in the same room when their mummy's working, and it's appalling. So our night care centers are there for the children of mothers of the night. I'm trying to put it politely because there's kids here. So mothers of the night. And it's not their fault. We don't condone what the mothers do. We understand why they do it. But again, and through her ministry, shows these women and the children love. And it's a loveless place, but love changes lives. And the, now these girls are coming to Anne for prayer because they believe in the God that we believe in because we manifest the love of God, the goodness and the kindness and the long-suffering, all, all those fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to give it to Anne now to talk on about saving Moses. Um, it's a terrible ministry, and I, you know, I just keep asking God to keep my heart, my heart softened, because you can get very hard when you see the things that are happening out in Cambodia. Um, these children, it's heartbreaking. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I've been doing it now for, what, nearly six years, and every time I go out and I see the things that are happening and the way these children are being treated, my heart, I mean, many of the time I, I bring, you shouldn't bring your work home with me, but I do. I come home and have a wee cry, and he say, you can't do that, Anne, because you're going to make yourself ill, but it's just me. Uh, I have such compassion and love for each of these children. Um, this wee one here is called Ravi, and Ravi... Um, his mom was in her 30s and she's getting too old now so her clients are not very not there's not very many of them so she's struggling now to, to, to earn some some money for to look after her and she's twin boys now when I came on the scene six years ago um, Ravi uh, was only a few weeks old and uh, her brothers at that age they were nine 
uh, we twins, boys, and they were looking after her where mommy went out to work. She was out working again, and the baby was only a couple of weeks old because she had no other way of feeding her children and paying for her little shack that she had. So, I mean, the children we work with are from um, infant, from a couple of weeks old up until they're five. When they're five, then we get them into school. So this is some of the moms. Now, I mean, we have a full program. Um, John hasn't been through it all, but we get mom, the moms jobs. If we can try and get them out of the sex industry, we will try and get them jobs. But the sad thing about it is they can earn more at the sex industry than they can working with an NGO because they don't get much money. So they don't stay there very long. So it's, it's hard. It's really hard for them. So these are some of the moms you can see there. I, I'm fully involved. Um, some people, whenever they start a ministry, they sit back. And yes, I have 26. In Saving Moses, I've got 26 staff. I've got managers. I've got supervisors. I've got community liaison. See, like your community here, we have communities out there where we go in and see the needs of the people, see um, how we can help with the children. And this is the moms. We have a meeting every month for each center. Now, I started off with one, and I've got five, and we're planning to open another, the sixth one this year in Cambodia. It's hard work, but it's very, very, very rewarding, very, very rewarding, and very challenging. And really what we're doing, everybody, is just showing the love of Jesus, just trying to change lives. And, you know, if just you want to go on through there, Chris, with those, and I'll just show you. This is just up in the it's very basic. Everything we have is very basic, but you can see the little cots there, and we've got little mattresses. We've got made for them, little covers. So the mattresses are, are like a plastic coated, and it means we can take the cotton mat, the cotton sheets off and keep them nice and clean. There you go. There's a little girl, Lorna. She brought, brings her sister because her mom's away to work. Before they go to work, the ladies have to go and get their makeup all done. But there's different types you know, of the sex workers of different clients. Some are Westerners. Some go with tuk-tuk drivers, which is little little transport. Some will go with motodot, which is bad. So they've all different. Depend on your age. As you get older, your choice is not very good to get good clients, you know. And what we do find is that sometimes um, the moms will get a deal with some Westerner for a weekend. So the baby's left just on its own. It's terrible. You know, they drug them, they chain them. They, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I, I can't even. I need to take you there to see what all goes on with these children. I worked, you know, for about five months before I started doing the work, just to see what the great need was. And these are all babies from infant to five years old. They have them. They leave them with grandparents. They leave them with family, and away they go. It's sad. Sad. How does it, you know, everybody asks me, What's it, what do you do, Anne, and this? So this will give you an idea, and I'm going to go there quickly. I don't know what my timing is, Nigel. You just give me So how, this is how the nightcare works. So they bring the children in. Has anyone here ever been starving? Feeling hungry? Oh, coming up to tea time. Well, can you imagine kids coming in crying with hunger? And that's what's happening. We're getting babies who are being left locked up because the moms can't afford to give them any formula food or we, we provide everything for them. They can't provide formula food for these babies. Sometimes they'll give them, and this is true, dirty water, and we call it condensed milk. They'll put that in the bottle. Babies are dying all the time. Babies are dying all the time. 
And these are babies that we are trying to reach out and help. These are the lucky ones. So here we are. They come in. That's one of my managers. So Jade is one of my managers. So we're fully child protection. I try to run it as Western as I can, but it's challenging. So they come in. The child is examined to check and see if there's any bruises, bites, marks on the child because we have to keep ourselves right, keep our staff right. If there's a mark, the mother could come and say that wasn't there when the baby was left in. So sometimes they'll take a photograph of it if they have a phone, but usually they, they, they record everything, so they do. Go ahead. That's the sign-in. So every, every child that comes is registered uh, with the social services in Cambodia. Now, it's only a name. They don't do anything for them. We don't receive money from them. But we register every child that they know in community who is attending it. So they have to... Now, some of them don't uh, write, so the sign just with their thumbprint. Yeah. So there's the child getting examined. He's getting examined just to see if he's any bites. And he has a bruise. You can see the bruise on the top of his wee head there. Lovely wee boy. So he is. Right, go ahead. There they are. Upstairs they go. And then they're, they're giving a good wash. It's either a bath or they just shower them down. Those are slip mats so that the child won't fall and get hurt. We do top to toe. And then we use... Um, disposable diapers for them. They use talcum powder there. I know it's not used here, but they love talcum powder, and some of them are white, top to toe talc. Yeah, they love it, right? So they get, there's their, they're getting their, their uh, dried and their nappies put on. Okay, look at him, isn't he gorgeous? And then we have clothes for them, and we change them into nice clean clothes. When they come in, some of them come in naked, they have no clothes, so some of them come in, their clothes are very, very dirty. So if they've got clothes, we take the clothes off at the end of the evening. They're all washed. And because Komodi is very hot, then they're ready for the next morning for them going home. Look at him. Look, see his wee white head. <laughs> yeah. Now, these mommies are all working. They're working brothels at night. They're working nightclubs. And they leave the babies there for safety. Go ahead. Toys, you know, I'm so blessed. I talk to everybody. I talk to everybody. I think I'm take after my mother. But um, I make friends very, very easily. And we have, John and I have befriended uh, people in Australia. And they supply all the toys. All the toys. Look at those. Now they're secondhand, but they're brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The best of toys. And every year, and we've just got a, a notification, she'll say, and what's your wish list this year? What do you need? And I say, well, and I go down, and we get all these toys, absolutely brilliant. Like, so with a container on its way, it just left, so it should be with us the end of December or January. So the supplies of toys to five centers, plus our daycare center. There they go. We teach Jesus, and you know, there's nothing as exciting as to see a wee toady, maybe 18 months old, singing about Jesus. Jesus loves me. We teach Jesus loves me. We sing it in English and we sing it in Khmer to them. And at that age, you want to see them dancing. And what is so moving to me is I'm working in the communities. So I see where every child comes from. I know their moms. I know their grannies or grandas. I know all about them. So whenever I go in and I see them, sometimes they'll go into a corner. They're filthy. They're dirty. This is during the day. And they'll not speak. And then when they come to the center at night, a changed child. You wouldn't think it was the same child. And they come running in, 
and up, washed. They know the system now. Up, washed, down, fed, happy. And whenever we start praising Jesus, they start to sing and they're dancing. And it's wonderful. You see, this God loves the little children. Yeah? And it's all colors, red and yellow and black and white. I, I work with them all. Exciting. Exciting ministry. There we go. The staff are amazing too. I have fantastic staff in Fig My Lands, Little Lands Daycare, and also in Saving Moses. Dedicated staff, trained up by me, who never was trained. <laughs> but I learn of people. I learn very quickly. And I have been teaching them, and I train them up into childcare. I get people coming out, do first aid, do all different things with them. And uh, our standard's very high. I can honestly say that. Our standard's high. Aren't they gorgeous? Go ahead, Chris. Just keep going there because I'll talk all day. That wee baby's only a few weeks old. That wee baby, it, was, it came in crying sore. It was starving. Right. Well, they're all sleeping. Uh-huh. Look. <laughs> they're out of it. More often are on the floor, look. Some of them don't like landing them. Uh-huh. Go ahead. So then they're with us. They come in about half six o'clock half six, and then in the morning, uh, we have them up about five, 5.30, and then the moms come. So as you can see, their baths, shard, their own clothes, which are now clean put on them, and then their breakfast, they play in their play area, and then mom comes and collects them. Okay. Training. All right. This is some, I don't have any, have I any of little lambs training? I'm not sure. But this is uh, saving most. Sometimes we do the two of them together. And this was one of the training day. There they all are. Of 26 staff, of managers, um, of five ma manager for each centre, of supervisors, of community liaison. And, you know, John used to say to me, look, you can do it. I would say to John, I, don't, I can't do this, you know. How am I? I don't know nothing about it. John said, if you give God your availability, God will give you the ability. And I've proved that over and over again. And this is what I want to say this morning. I want to bring this through. Our presentation, the faithfulness of God. He never lets us down. We have a faithful God. We've even found when you know, we have our ministry, we, we, we support most of the ministry ourselves. And when things are running tight, and I go maybe to take some money out of the hole in the wall, and there's money. I say, John, there's money. I don't even know who that's from. Because people are not, people just say blessings, John and I. <laughs> you know, so God is faithful. He's never let us down. We've never looked back on the path, what we left behind before we went out to Cambodia. Never looked back on it. You know, we went forward in Jesus and his faithfulness just covered it all. Faithful God. There you go. That's my staff. Oh, I have to do this quick. We opened in Bangladesh this year. Um, I was over in May. It was my first visit to Bangladesh and it was horrific, terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, there's a place called Dhaka, which is in the city of Bangladesh. And to me, it was all new to me. This is, we're working with Save the Children out there. So it's big, big. So we went out, and I'll be honest with you, I got culture shock. I thought Cambodia was bad. I was glad to get back. I, it was terrible. The food I couldn't eat, I was starving. The food was too spicy, and I just could not eat it. And I said, oh, John, I don't know how I'm going to survive, but you know, God's good. <laughs> Faithfulness of God got through. These people, I mean, the conditions are horrific out there. So I'm work working in um, uh, Dalcia is outside. Now, from, 
It takes me to get there about six hours. So it's five hours in a car and an hour over in a ferry. And when I went in May, it wasn't so bad, but whenever I went, uh, I've been there, it was in May, and it was there in August, and then it was there before I came away. It was flooded, and it was terrible, terrible, the floods. But this is a brothel, and the children are born into the brothel, and then the moms groom them to be sex workers. And it's horrific, look at them. It's challenging, their hygiene, I mean, is terrible. It's not like Cambodia. I was able to work with Cambodians. But, you know, see, do you know that I love being home? <clears throat> that I can hear everybody, what they're talking about. I love sitting in the coffee shop and having, this one's having a wee conversation. See, when I'm out there, it's all Bangladeshi or in Cambodia. I was saying to Gomli, now you know what it's like for mom. When I'm out with them, and they're all, do, 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 you know. Uh, so here, that's why I love getting home to hear everybody talking. But out there, it's, um, it's horrific what's going on. The children, there's a lot of them being trafficked. The Nightcare Centre we opened in July, and we're planning to open another one in the city. I think she said maybe in January uh, we're going to open that there. But that's fully funded by uh, Saving Moses. Um, Saving Moses um, is part of Marilyn Hickey Ministries. Do you know Marilyn Hickey? Anybody know Marilyn Hickey Ministries? She's like another Joyce Mars. She's a TV program. You'll see them on the God Channel. So Sarah's her daughter, and she's the one that I work with. Right. So is there anything else? Well, you can ask me later if you want to ask me anything about Bangladesh. But please pray for it because it's very, very challenging. Um, I'm the only um, Christian there. So I am. Um, they're all um, Muslim. Islam. And, um, you know, as Sarah said to me, she said, Anne, how are we going to reach them with the gospel? And you know, all that the Holy Spirit put in my mind was, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So I'm shining for Jesus in the midst of it all. And that's all I can do. And I'm starting to win them over. I've been there three times, and I can honestly say that I can see the change in them, you know. And the kids nearly knock you down. So they're so excited to see you. So the ministry's growing, and, and God's good. Faithful God. So thank you for that. Praise, praise God. So um, there were four strands. Remember I said at the start, one was the daycare center, Little Lambs, and the second was the nightcare centers. Now the third one is uh, the feeding program. Uh, even though there's a lot of money in places in Phnom Penh is where we work completely. Um, there is appalling poverty. There are areas where there's, this is the norm. People are living in shacks. And we were led to this village. In our first fortnight of arriving in, in Cambodia, there was a lady called Pat Frost, New Zealand lady. And she said, come down and see the work that I'm doing. And she was like running this village. But she was crying out for somebody to work with children. And Anne and I were good news clubs, year, you know, good news CEF years ago, all that stuff. And we were child evangelists trained. And when we said to her, like, we're, we're child evangelists, and she burst into tears because she'd been praying for someone to come along and work with the children and help the children. So next slide, please. So the villages were, are, are appalling. It's just abject poverty. The families that live there are usually have come up from the country to make money in the, in the city. And there is some money to be made if you go around the streets and you gather up recyclables, cardboard, plastic, Coke cans, and all that stuff. And they might make a dollar a day 
and that they're, they, they can buy some food for that. But of course, those that are least able to fend for themselves suffer the most, and that's the children. So what we do is we prayed, and the Lord guided us to this. And what that is, if Gumley was here, she's way out, she's one of the ones that organizes this in our daycare center. The girls, the staff voluntarily make this. And what these are, trays of food, rice, green beans, uh, egg, and pork. And we take these down to uh, the villages and give them out. And that's all it is. It's free. And we do about 130 twice a week, which is 260. So it's over 1,000 a month we go down. And while the children are still dirty and naked, they're healthy. Because whenever we were there at the start, they had scabies and skin conditions and stunted growth, all because of poor nutrition. Now, we were evangelists at the time. Back you know, 10 years ago, we were doing good youth clubs and stuff. But the kids were starving. So we put this on our, our agenda to do this. Uh, a Korean church moved into the village, and they started looking after the, 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 the spiritual side of things. And we were relieved at that because it was a, a lot of work for us. So we were able to concentrate on the food program. So a 1,000 meals a month goes down. It's fully funded by Anne and I. We, we, let me clear up. I don't mean to talk about money, but in case you're confused. Feed My Lambs Cambodia is uh, our NGO, uh, non-governmental organization, which is a charity. Anne and I run that. The Saving Moses bit is funded from, uh, from America, that, the, the, night, the night care centers. But the daycare we fund and this feeding program we fund. Next slide, please. So we go, <laughs> I don't know how that's flagging it. But what, what happens is whenever I park my minibus, the kids don't come out because they're all land. They're all so listless and tired because of poor nutrition. Same with the mums. So I'm there with a minibus, and I have food to give out. And someone said to me, where did you get a bell? So I was given a bell, and I now go into the village ringing the bell, and like a Pied Piper. The kids go ahead. Sorry about the legs. Go ahead. And so the kids get stuck into this food. They don't take it back to their hut because the daddies usually take it. It's awful. The parenting is appalling. So the kids sit down and they scoop. Go ahead, next one. And they sit and they get their food and they scoop it down and they eat it. You know, the wee boys, you know, it's, it's amazing. They just scoff down. If they come back for more, I'll give them more if I have it. Keep going, please. And in the village, there's food. Keep going, please. And really getting stuck in. And that's, that's the state of the place that, where they're living. Next one, please. The huts are up in stilts like that. I mean, we ones of like no age are climbing up those ladders to get into the house. Keep going, please. That thing hanging up is a dog. They eat everything. I mean, they literally eat everything. The, the, the hunger is so much. And it's hard to believe in a big city with skyscrapers and Rolls Royces and Hummer vehicles running about the place. There's starvation, literally starvation. Keep going, please. And this is just, what gets, what gets the people in the village, why they come to us for prayer is, the, is this, that we don't want anything back. We're giving. I mean, our God is all about giving. He gives us the offer of salvation. He gives us Jesus. And we just give them. And that before they take their food, they all start, stand at the back of the minibus. And I say to them, Akun Pira Yesu, which means thank you, King Jesus. And the kids all repeat, 
They'll repeat it before they take the food, and they know that's grace. We're thanking Jesus for the food. Keep going, please. I know, I know. And no one cares. You don't see government people down there. You don't see the Buddhists down there. No one goes in except the Christians because we want to give them the opportunity to find out about Jesus. And they know exactly what we are and who we are. And someday, this is my prayer, someday one of these wee boys or wee girls at the back of the minibus getting food, in the future they become Christians. And they look back and say, there was this crazy Irish man used to come to our village giving out free food, and we knew there was something special about Jesus because Jesus was giving us and everybody else was taken from us. Next one, please. And just to finish off uh, this part of the, the presentation, uh, next, next slide. Um, I, I do free English classes at the moment. The, the, the lessons are mothballed. In, in our community, I've taught everybody. Everybody's been through the book. They've been right through it. And so we're just taking a break. But that squiggle above where it says, that says free English classes in Cambodian. This looks like a one-legged spider dipped in ink, crawled across the page. And last one. And there's just pictures of our center. It's the daycare center. At half five, the kids go home. And at half five, the students come in. And we sit and we go through the book. And we, they get a good, a good one-hour lesson. And that's us. That's what we do. So we do the, the daycare, Little Lamb's daycare. We do the night care. And we do the feeding program. And we do the uh, uh, English classes. So we're busy. But you know what? It's, we feel fulfilled because we believe we're there because God wants us to be there. And... We need people like us, we need people like you. Now, we're not asking for money, we don't do that, but we're asking for prayer, because if you pray, God will fulfill our needs, He will provide for us. So do pray for us. We're getting no younger. I went out when I was 55, so I've got my bus pass now. So, <laughs> there are no bus passes in Cambodia. <laughs> and um, and uh, we have other responsibilities here, these two at the front. So these two at the front, Gumley, come and stand beside me. Come on, you can't get away that easy. This is Gumley, and Gumley is how we met Gumley. When we first went into Cambodia, they arranged for us to get a flat that was vacant. An Australian lady had gone home and had paid two months' rent on an apartment, and we got it. It was small. It was okay. It was good. Brilliant for us. And um, whenever we we were there and we were going down to work at Elam every day and all the rest of it. And this day, either I was sick or I was sick. We didn't go to work this morning. And I, we were up in the wee lounge part. And we heard the rustling of plastic bags down in the kitchen part. They had noticed that the place was tidied when we came home from work. And we thought the landlady who lived downstairs was coming up and doing, maybe that's what they did in that culture. We didn't know. So I rushed down, and here's this wee 17-year-old girl. Remember that? Ten years ago, she was 17. So 17-year-old girl standing there, and she was shocked. And I was shocked because we'd never met. Gumley came with the apartment. She was the cleaner girl. She was part of the deal. And so we met within the first week or two weeks of being in Cambodia. And she's been with us ever since. Like She's a daughter uh, and couldn't speak a word of English. And now she speaks Irish, English. <laughs> but there you go. That's, that's Gumley. Go ahead. Thank you, love. Didn't it, do you want her to hear say something? No? 
Come on back up. Come on back up. Come on back up. What I want you to do is just say, my name is Gumley. I say something else. <laughs> my name is Gumley. I'm uh, 27, turn 28 uh, next week. And I'm very happy to come here to visit uh, mom and dad family in Ireland. ខ្ញុំឈ្មោះកំលីខ្ញុំអាយុ Janti and Janti, you're 18. Oh, sorry. Eight. You're eight years old. Eight years old. And what school do you go to? Hope International. Right. And you've lots of friends there. Yes. Right. And what do you think of it, Ireland? It's cold. <laughs> now we met. Thank you, love. All right. Do you want to sing her? You know. I'm just queuing up Chris for the next little movie clip. Um, we met John T when she was five days old, and um, the doctor in the hospital rang us and said, we have a wee baby here who needs help. And we went up to see her, and she was in a bad way, and Gumley with us, we looked after her, and we fell in love with her, and she's now our wee baby. So, of a wee movie about her life story, would you like to see it? It's just that we, if you can, okay, it only takes five minutes. 